0: and to claim CME CE credit. Mary is the wife of your 69-year-old patient, Dan. She's calling the office frantically because her husband was transferred to your local hospital having an acute stroke. The ER doc wants to transfer Dan to a regional tertiary care medical center for an endovascular procedure, and Mary is very concerned. Should she do this? What does all this mean? Hi, this is Frank Domino family physician and professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Joining me today is Robert Baldor, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and chair of family medicine at Bay State UMass Medical School.
1: Hi, Bob. Hi, Frank. Good to see you again.
0: Great to see you, um, and congratulations on your new appointment. So Mary's calling frantically on the phone. Her husband's probably had a stroke, and they want to transfer him, and and she says something about some endovascular procedure. Um, What are they talking about? What is an interventional endovascular procedure, and how is it used in acute stroke? Well, Frank, it's an excellent question. I think that we're seeing more
1: and more interventional radiologists sort of taking over the world, I'd say, as uh, they're uh, doing more and more procedures, more and more interventions via the uh, vascular system. Uh, and, in this case, it's, it's the idea of uh, going into the uh, cerebral artery circulation, either the internal carotid artery, the middle cerebral artery. Uh, for somebody with an ischemic stroke, there's a clot there, and it's retrieving the clot and removing this clot via endovascular procedure. I mean, for years we thought about uh, sort of a open end arterectomies and so on uh, that, that were done by the cardiovascular surgeons. This is a less invasive procedure. And, and uh, the idea is if you do it acutely, somebody's had an ischemic stroke, uh, then you uh, will reperfuse the brain and have a better, uh, better outcome in that situation.
0: Wow, so while the stroke is evolving, they're talking about going in and retrieving the clot.
1: Absolutely.
0: And and so what recently has come out, and I
1: wanted to talk about today, was uh, the the guidelines have been read right around. The the idea for stroke treatment is is they talk about the fast mnemonic, right? If somebody is having a facial weakness, uh, they're having uh, arm weakness, uh, problems with speech, those are all signs of a middle cerebral artery. Event which is the most common uh, artery that's involved in the stroke. And the T for the fast is time. Time's of the essence. We really have to get people in. Ideally, you want to get them into the, uh, to be have a, a CAT scan done within 60 minutes. The reason for the CAT scan is to make sure it's not a hemorrhagic stroke, which is a small percentage of stroke. So if it's not hemorrhagic, it's ischemic, you use TPA, you anticoagulate them and try and dissolve the clot.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Well, what's happened over time now has been a sense of, well, can we remove the clot? And that's where uh, these endovascular procedures have come into play. And this recent article was looking at, well, how much time do you have? Because obviously, giving somebody a shot of IV tPA is a little different than getting them into the interventional radiology uh, suite right. and uh, to be able to do uh, that sort of a procedure. So how much time really can you, can you go is what they were looking at in this study.
0: And did, did they come up with any conclusions? Is there any clear direction about, about 60, 90, 120 minutes? Well, the guidelines have been, actually, if you
1: go back to these... Um, procedures were actually approved by the FDA going back to uh I think about uh 19 uh I'm sorry 19 <laughs> 2015 uh the guidelines uh, came out and they actually recommended up to 6 hours uh wow. after the onset of uh, of symptoms and even up to 8 hours after onset and I'm thinking like wow after 8 hours that's quite a time frame so this recent study was trying to look at that so um this study was done it was it's it was uh, published here in, in uh JAMA and um, this uh, uh, in July uh, 2019. And so I wasn't aware of this, but there's this nationwide registry that's being maintained now by the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and they're really trying to look at the best management uh, techniques for stroke. And there are people following the guidelines and how it's uh, being uh, used? And so what they did is they were, uh, in this study, they wanted to specifically look at individuals who were treated with endovascular. Uh, uh, therapy and look at the outcomes that were uh, associated uh, with that. So within this, they uh, they ended up following almost 7,000 people. It was uh, 600 and I'm sorry, 6,756 individuals. The mean age was uh, 69 and a half uh, years. 51% were women, and uh, they uh, were looking at the use of the, this intervention. The mean onset to puncture. So onset onset is when was somebody last normal, so to speak, to puncture time when they were able to do that was 230 minutes, right? So that's four hours. What, yeah. My math is correct there. That's um, and the median door to puncture time, though, was 87 minutes. So about, a, about an hour, about an hour yeah. and a half from actually getting to the, uh, to the emergency room as, uh, as part of that. And so they were looking at outcomes. The outcomes they were looking at was uh, discharge to home versus uh, being uh, sent to a uh, skilled nursing facility or perhaps death, um, independent ambulation, freedom from disability, and functional uh, uh, independence. And they rated these things on seven scales, one being no symptoms, which was best, and, and I'm sorry, uh, and then uh, seven was death. And, and those were the scales that they were, uh, that they were looking at. And they were trying to look at the intervals from onset, last known well to arterial puncture or hospital arrival, to our, our arterial puncture. So those are the studies they were looking at in, uh, of these 7,000 people, and they followed them acutely, and then three months later looking to see how they, they had done.
0: And in any direction about what's, what's seemed to be the golden sweet spot of, of time? Well, they actually found uh, that uh, these individuals did
1: really well, and uh, many of them did really well. And, and interestingly enough, most of them, 68% of them, had had TPA ahead of time. So that's the other part of this is so I worry about the fact you've anticoagulated somebody, then you're going to go go into their arterial circulation. And 68% actually had had uh, TPA uh, ahead of time uh, with this. And so you wonder about adverse effects. And so indeed, there were some uh, intracranial hemorrhages as well, but not bad, about 6%. As uh, what they found with intracerebral um, uh, hemorrhage, but what the the outcome of this was really uh, showing some uh, some benefits. So you asked about time, but let me just uh, talk for a little bit. It's the uh, they had substantial reperfusion was achieved in 85% of these individuals. 27% were discharged to home. 36% were ambula- ambulating independently. were functionally uh, independently. And as I noticed, uh, 6.7% had an intracranial uh, um, hemorrhage, and almost 20% had died. So uh, you know, again, we're talking about a pretty horrendous disease that we're we're, uh, we're, we're dealing with. So what they actually found was um, patients treated within their first two hours had significantly better outcomes, uh, were more likely to go home and to function independently compared to six to eight hours. So uh, that certainly uh, makes sense to me. And a lot of this, is there a sweet spot where the patient's calling you up or you're trying to make a decision as to where you should send them? Is there a time where it drops off? Well not really able to find a specific time. It's like most things we do. The longer you go, uh, the, the, the more disability. Uh, every 15 minutes seems to be more disability that you get. And beyond 270 minutes, so this is uh, within 270 minutes, all clinical and adverse outcomes were better with faster treatment. So in many ways, you start getting beyond that four-hour window Still a benefit, though, four to eight hours. And again, we're talking about a devastating disease, but really within that first four
0: hours. All right. So it sounds like um, we need to reassure Mary that transfer needs to be done, and and it's a good idea. And it, it sounds like the sooner the better. Oh, absolutely. But you know really what this tells us, this study is saying, you know,
1: if you look at the outcomes, you look at this versus just TPA, you're seeing comparable, even better outcomes with this. Probably thinking about stroke, uh, and maybe, you know, I, I'm a big fan of community hospitals and doing things locally and having them done. There's probably a benefit here to having these regional stroke centers. And when somebody calls and, you know, the symptoms are consistent with the stroke, maybe not stopping at that community hospital, go right to that regional, regional stroke center where they can do perfusion. Because some of the delays they saw, they found here, were. Um, Interestingly enough, often these events happening on weekends, after hours, where these things weren't available and so on. So it does lead us to thinking about that for this. And, and again, I'm a big fan of community hospitals, but this is a devastating disease. And the potential for really making a difference in, in, in some of these people's lives is, uh, is, is, is you know, I, I find that uh, something to really
0: be considered. Bob, I think this is, this is something that certainly opened my eyes to how we should go about counseling patients. And... Um I can see us using this in practice very quickly. Thanks so much. Thank you, Frank. Practice pointer. In acute stroke, which uses the mnemonic FAST for facial weakness, arm weakness, speech change, the T stands for time. When patients call you with symptoms of acute stroke, recommend they get to uh, their closest facility as quickly as possible. And if they're recommended to go for interventional care, support that decision. Join us next time when we talk about antibiotic use without prescriptions in patients in our practices. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast and see you next week.